Insurance Happy Hour. This is Larry. And I'm Becky. You know, Becky, I am missing something due to COVID. Today, I would be drinking at Oktoberfest in Addison. I can beat you. Oh, tell me. Tell, tell me. Today, I would be on a plane to Munich to drink Oktoberfest at Oktoberfest <laughs> in Munich. <laughs> You're, you and by the way, you phrased it this way. I'm going to drink Oktoberfest, like you were going to drink the entire Oktoberfest. There was going to be a lot of drinking. I mean, how do you, how do you uh, how do you prep your liver for the entirety of drinking the German Oktoberfest? I, I need to know. Inquiring minds want to know. You know, like anything, you just make a training plan where you increase your consumption of. <laughs> Okay, so it's actually like work. Yeah, I love this idea. I think this is the best thing. You start six weeks in advance, couch to Oktoberfest in six weeks. It sounds like Beer Fest. Have you seen that movie, Beer Fest, where no. they spend an entire year learning how to drink at scale? I mean, so so you're, you are implying that for anybody that wants to go to Oktoberfest, you need to start drinking now for next year. So like a training plan, you put a training this plan. Is, this is my million dollar idea, Larry. We, we build an app. I got a $2 million idea. Go. <laughs> we, go. We build an app. Couch to Oktoberfest. <laughs> Well, you know what's going to make it a $2 million idea <laughs> is if you add a, uh, iWatch app, an app for your iWatch. Yes. So that Reminds it's like, you, you need to drink but, another beer. <laughs> so you have 12 ounce curl. Like you have all the exercises, 12 ounce curls, 16 ounce bottle push. Have you seen that new Apple Watch ad where she's like, imagine a world where a small device, and they're like, yeah, got it. So imagine a world where your app reminds you to drink a beer. I'm I'm now thinking about this. I'm thinking of all the exercises, the the lifting exercises. You have a big schooner, two-handed schooner. Hold on. You got the scooter, and you lift it. That's your triceps, right? Uh You you lift for the triceps. So you got that. You got the curls for the biceps. Um, You've got the... uh, the the bush latte uh you know uh hammer holds so you know picking up two bushels of uh bush light and walking down the street that's there's one yep man you can do squat thrusts i think we got it we're gonna create we're gonna create <laughs> October Oktoberfest and it requires and it requires you to actually work out for real but you only have to work out while drinking beer while drinking beer and using beer as your weights yep that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now you want to know the uh, two million and one dollar question? Do we stop recording and not publicly make this available? <laughs> and then we come back. Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Larry and I'm Becky. Hey, Becky. So, uh, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Everybody's like, what the fuck just happened? No one would know. <laughs> it's our little secret. All right. We'll see. We'll see how much time I have for post. <laughs> I can keep this up. I'm booked. I have wall-to-wall meetings today. You picked the only slot to be able to do this well, today. When I picked where it set the, set the meeting, we you're – Friday was not that full. I know. My, my day booked up completely today. I am wall to wall. I have 30 minutes free all the way till 530 today. So outside of this. So yeah. I'll have to, that's when I have to post. All right. Yeah, no. Um, so 
talk about the you, you missing Oktoberfest, actually. Well, so I had we talked about this a little bit, I think, in a episode from season three prior to the pandemic, obviously. Um, but my husband and I were planning to take this bucket list trip to Munich to go to Oktoberfest. We were going to do some other things in, in the area while we were there. But uh, in April or May, I can't remember exactly when, they announced that they were canceling Oktoberfest. So we decided to push our trip back to next year because um, the whole point of going was to a, to go to Oktoberfest. Um which are they actually so, still having it? Like, like, is it like an underground Oktoberfest happening? I haven't, I haven't looked to see if, if there's any, any sort of like rebel Oktoberfest. Cause I'm getting, t- I, I'm, I know everybody's saying this, but I'm getting tired of the whole COVID stuff. Like, I'm almost like, can we, you know, how we have these drive through, uh, you know, vaccination points or, uh, uh testing, testing points. Yeah. You know, I know we're going to get to the point where we have drive-through vaccinations. I just want to find a drive-through infection point at this point. <laughs> just get it over with. Just, just except you can get it again. There's a guy. Uh, there's been at least one case of a repeat. Um, the, the, the problem with that is that guy was just an overachiever. <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I, I I would not try twice to get COVID. You know, like I, I got it. I'm good. I I can move on. I know I, you know, I know that it's, it's, uh, definitely, um, not something to be taken lightly. However, I I also do like seeing, you know, the, the virology of it and, and how it's morphed and actually um, viruses don't like to be deadly. They're actually they they, they want to be continued and they want to be yeah. continued and that's why you have super spreaders that they're like oh I had COVID for three weeks and I didn't even know I was out you know partying at uh, Lake Havasu all weekend and you know I spread it to five thousand people yeah that's because the virus is actually mutating in a way that it is less deadly less uh, cumbersome so it can spread more that's the design of a disease yeah. you know so I would. Uh, you know, I'll take that lighter strain at this point if I can go sit at a bar <laughs> I mean, yeah. or or uh, sit at my favorite restaurant, which at this time, my favorite restaurant has not been closed. But a lot of restaurants that I have, you know, patronized, patronized, whatever, whatever, which one I needed to do. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, uh, yeah, I, they're, they're gone. Some of some of my favorite places are gone now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting tired. So I could feel your pain. Well, I'm, I am commiserating this weekend by drinking a shit ton of Oktoberfest. <laughs> I sent my husband to the what brand. What brand? Uh, definitely Sam Adams is one of my favorites. Yeah. And they don't serve that over there in Germany. No, they don't, but well, I, you gotta have a real German one. I will probably have a real German like one, but Paul honor. Yes. All right. Uh, so shit ton of Oktoberfest beer. I'm going to make Spotzel. Have you ever had Spotzel? Yeah, I have. I, I actually like a German potato salad. In German mm, potato yeah. salad is, is, is a layered dish. I love vinegar. So one yeah. of the things. Um, I love mustard, which I don't know if it's the mustard or the vinegar that's in the mustard. <laughs> Um, but I love potatoes. Mm. I don't eat them as much as I, I don't eat a lot of carbs. 
but yeah, and then um, bacon. Yeah, I mean, what 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 what's wrong? And then it's warm. And I'm not a big cold food fan. Like I don't. I like cold. I like my drinks cold, and I like my food warm or hot. So um, yeah, it's perfect. It's a perfect uh, side dish. <laughs> well, I miss it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be making that. I'm trying to find some. See if we can find uh, soft pretzels that are gluten free. Mm-hmm. So, or you make your own. I hate making pretzels. It's such a ordeal. <laughs> I've tried in the past. It's just such a mess. So, yeah. yeah, no. Um, it, yeah, October. Uh, so speaking of insurance, did you uh, get the travel insurance? We did, but because we were rebooking a year out, we didn't have to actually make a claim on the uh, policy. I would have made a claim. Unless I was getting – see, I would have made a claim and then uh, bet on cheaper bookings for next year. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. But I'd like to gamble. I don't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what do we got this week? Well, I thought we might continue our conversation about State Farm for one. Oh. Remember? Yeah. I remember, I remember me bringing it up. I, I forgot all I about the fact. Of, well, I remember us bringing it up. I, I remember the collective I. Yes. Is I a collective? No, I is not a collective. I is a Euler. <laughs> well, me is my. Um, yes. Um, so, yes, we... Mav brought up uh, the uh, the State Farm thing. State Farm acquiring Gaines Co. So do you have an article, or am I am I just flying blind here? Am I am I just need, <laughs> need to act like I don't know what the heck I'm talking about? Or you know what you're talking about? The, well, the here highlight it is. is here State it is. Farm has made an acquisition for the first time in history. They've acquired a lot of real estate that they have required uh, acquired. Uh, State Farm is a real estate company, by the way. Um, so uh, Gainsco, yes, Gainsco is actually a great company. Um, I, I like Gainsco. Uh, one of the things, just really good people there. Um, you know, they've worked with ITC for a very, very long time, and uh, always had great relationships. So it just you know, we have people that work here um, at ITC that were with Gainsco. We have people that were at ITC that are at Gainsco. We have families that work here, there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a small industry, of course. <clears throat> um, but they, they generally, they, they, they rode this weird segment of the market, which was kind of like. Who, Gainsco or State Farm? Gainsco. It very, you know, they were non-standard, but they weren't. Yeah. You know, they were trying to be the, the cream of the crop, non-standard. And I've got a little rant brewing and I'm, I'm trying to tamp it down right now so we'll we'll see how how this goes but i'm, I'm gonna get my my prod out so i can try to get them onto this rant <laughs> you're, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna sit around and, and just poke poke at it but you want to go on the rant. I, I can assure you that and we talked about this last week is that state farms looking at their book and going we're missing an opportunity well you you have talked about before I don't know if it's been on this podcast or I've, I've just heard you talk about this, but how captive agents, you know, they, they get a lead in. And if, if that, if their carrier doesn't have a, have a product for them, they've lost that lead. They've lost that client. 
See you later. They have nowhere else to put them. That is why independent agents are the value that they are because they have markets to put all, almost all consumers in. Yeah. And I, I know a couple agencies that are really good friends with state farm agencies. And what they do is they ask for commercial referrals, non-standard referrals, you know, lower market referrals. And they just give uh, lottery tickets to them, to the CSRs as they refer them. You know, they get permission from the owner and whatnot. But what it is, is it's like, because state farm can't solve that problem. Well, meanwhile, the independent agent is selling them commercial insurance, auto insurance. The oh, they they used to be really bad driver. Now they're a good driver, so it moves up market. And then they in a good independent agent will retain that. State Farm is definitely looking at that and going, um, we're missing stuff here. So why do you think they went the acquisition route rather than building a product for that market? I think building a, a product that is. State Farm's kind of wheelhouse, and let me explain this, is that Gainsco has a very, very succinct rate to them, is that they they do a lot of underwriting. Um, and, and that's just what I hear from the agencies because it's real time. They send us a rate, we, we display the rate, but there's a lot more underwriting that goes on. So they really want to have that risk. Whenever Gainsco provides a final rate, that is the risk they want to take, right? Mm-hmm. And they make it clear they want that risk or they don't. That's how State Farm's mentality kind of works. So I could see whenever they were looking at companies, a lot of uh, – And, and why and, now? After and, 98 and, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I'm getting really sick of people putting down non-standard auto. It, it's it's almost bourgeoisie, hoity-toity BS. Whenever you talk to somebody who is a standard preferred agency, they look down their nose at non-standard. And it pisses me off. Because if you look at a broad measure of the non-standard industry, it is highly diverse. It is highly multilingual. It is highly, it, I think it's like 70% female. I mean, it is a diverse market that is serving an absolute need that is underserved. And whenever you have an agency who looks down their nose at someone who comes in that has an accident or doesn't have prior and looks down at them, it pisses me off because that's a problem is that we should be independent agents that are able to hit all segments of the market. That's what makes you great. Don't look down at somebody. And it's so funny because like progressive, they straddle this line is that if you go into a standard preferred agency, progressive is their non-standard carrier. You go into a non-standard agency and progressive is their standard carrier. It's Progressive gets it. And everybody does, tries to me too progressive all day long. Oh, yeah, it's just another me too. I'm doing another me too uh, program of progressive. You know what? Progressive uses analytics in their business. They are trying to get the most business that fits their risk profile. So they're not they, going to discriminate they against don't discriminate. one type or the other. And they go all the way. And you should be progressive whenever you are being an agency. You should be looking at ways to diversify the amount of traffic, uh, the the products you offer so you can touch every bit of the market that comes in your door, comes on your website, calls you on the phone, sends you an email. Because if you are turning away 
any business as an insurance agent, you need to evaluate that. And that needs, you have to have a little checkbox that says, oh, we've turned away this. We turned away that. We turned away that. And if you, you know, you have an agency and you turned away one commercial policy in the last 12 months, yeah, you probably don't need to be in commercial. Got it. But if you're turning down agents, uh, customers, oh, we don't have a rate for you. And they're sitting there going like, I'm on progressive.com and the rate's really good. It's better. How come they can give me a rate and you can't, you are going to lose that customer forever. And Becky, the marketer, tell us about that. Tell us a little bit about how it takes, you know, how long it takes to get a customer and how long it takes to lose it. And what are the chances of getting it back once you've lost it? Well, it takes, a, it takes a big investment, first of all, to get a, a, a customer just to look at you, to know that you're there, whether you're investing in SEO, you're investing in advertising, you're investing online or offline advertising, you're investing in live events. You have to spend a lot of money just so your name is up there. So people know you exist, that you're an option. And then you have that lead that comes in. It's very valuable, that lead that comes in. And, you know, you are slow to respond or you don't have a market to place them in. You've just wasted all of that money to get them in the door. And it's gone. You can't, you can't earn that back. You now have to spend more money to get the next one in the door. Because everyone you don't sell actually doubles the cost on the next one. Yep. And then whenever – if you have a customer who walks in your door and they – and this came up yesterday with ITC. Um, you saw my emails late in the evening where I saw someone come in. They were looking at the product. You know, it may or may not have been a fit, but the positioning of what that person said – is they will, will they, do you think that person will ever buy from ITC in the future? Probably not. Exactly. <clears throat> it wasn't, and, and again, it was a traditional dilemma of an insurance agency. It wasn't that our product wasn't a fit. It was a cost issue is that the customer did, or the, the prospect did not feel that the cost was worth the product, yeah. which is fine. I mean, you, you, everybody deals with that price to value equation all the time, but I, I don't think we'll ever sell that that prospect. It'll be very, very hard to do so. Correct. And it will take time. It will. It's not going to be done in a week. It's going to take time. Are you going to be able to send them marketing? Will they see their, our ad online? Do you think advertising online, email marketing, do you think anything is going to re-engage that person outside of a phone call? No. What it would, what it would probably take is someone meeting them in person – at an event, something, and and because now that agent has this stigma in their head that is associated with our brand, and no amount of marketing is overcoming going to overcome that. No email, no ad, nothing. It's going to take a person who makes a connection and shows that is not how we are for us to be able to overcome it. Yep. And the only way to do it is through in-person communication, which is pricey. Yes. I mean, it, it, all right. You said trade show. I'm even thinking about just a simple phone call. I mean, a phone call, remember that. But, you, but you've that, got even that. <clears throat> oh, that's, I think that's ITC's number. I'm, I'm not answering yeah, that. But, but however, however you do it, you could do it in trade show, whatever. But then 
you're losing opportunity costs. When you're talking to this person, your salesperson is not working with someone else and you're just trying to get a lead back. Yeah. That's it, it, And so it is insurmountable, the costs of losing an inbound prospect. That is why you have to have high close ratios. Now, that is why State Farm is looking at this book, is that they're they're going to keep that book independent because they have a lot of business that comes in through independence. They're going to expand it 50 states. Correct. They're yeah. going to they're going to expand it. But what they're going to do is they're going to rename it. It's not going to just State be Gaines. Farm. Yeah, it's going to be a State Farm. Uh, you know, they'll probably they'll something. probably actually flip it. You know, the standard State Farm rates are going to be preferred Prime or whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll probably do that. I, I'm I'm speculating. I have no clue. Yeah. It's what I would do. Um, you know, here we are telling all these ideas of what we would do for free <laughs> advice, and you know. <laughs> Should our podcast be sponsored by State Farm instead of Frito Lay? Well, uh, next it's going to be uh, sponsored by uh, Lufthansa and <laughs> and Apple. <laughs> but th- that's why they bought it, in my opinion. But okay, but but still, the question is, why now? They've been around for almost a hundred years. Not seeing, done this at all. They're seeing. Is it because they're seeing more and more consumers go direct? What is or, CAC, by the way? I, I don't know what CAC is. Customer acquisition cost. Oh, okay. So customer acquisition cost. We can just call it CAC now. Sure. All right. So um, their CAC is probably really um, you know, starting to grow in the size of the market and all of that mm. um, because spend is getting more expensive. And so their cost of acquisition has continued to go up. They're probably looking at it going – uh, we need to get more for our spend. If we need to diversify so we can offer more. Correct. Yeah. And they tried that with their bank. I mean, again, who's going to go to State Farm for banking? You know, it just, okay, it's financial. It makes sense kind of, but they're not a bank. Mm. And and I think, they, I, I think they're kind of divesting out of the banking side of things. I think I saw that. Did I, I see that? I don't know. I saw that. I have not heard that. I saw it. It could have been in a dream. It could have been on Insurance <laughs> Journal. I don't know. But I, I remember seeing it. It doesn't mean that it happened. Insurancejournal.com. Your place for insurance-related news. <laughs> Where's our sponsorship? <laughs> we sponsor you. Can you sponsor us? <laughs> And you know what they would do? They would turn it right around on me. Probably. We don't we don't think podcast provides good ROI. <laughs> Your audience does not align with ours. Yeah, you're you, <laughs> What are your metrics in terms of how many people are listening to your podcast? What kind of value can you bring? <laughs> We're getting an email. Yep. <laughs> Maybe a call. <laughs> uh, hi, Insurance Journal. It was nice talking to you earlier today. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that State Farm uh, bought Gaines Co. for that thing. For that thing? Yeah. That one thing? That one thing. <laughs> that one thing. <laughs> to tackle the non-standard market. Yeah. Because they don't. They don't have it. Okay. Well, I also wanted to bring up another news item that came out this week. Um, we talked about it 
already, but I want to talk about here because it's it's um, an interesting move. There, uh, and this this did not come actually. MetLife, I don't think, said this. It's just analysts are saying that they're looking to do this, that they're looking to sell their personal lines business. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Uh, Well, I know the article. I'm I'm, I'm just thinking about it because do you have the article up there? I do. Okay. Who who are their uh, potential suitors? So it says, where is it? Among the carriers, they, they being the analyst, think might be interested are Travelers, Hartford, Berkshire Hathaway, as well as Liberty Mutual, Farmers Nationwide, and American Family. Next sentence, all state and state farm might have interest in an expansion opportunity, but both are currently engaged in other acquisitions. Clearly, they provided that information prior to the announcement of state farm. Yeah, that's first of all, it's very, it's very funny. It's like, yeah, the... Of the you know of the fifty carriers that could buy them, forty nine of them are interested. <laughs> That's kind of how that came across. Yeah, there's, it's not a. I mean, it's a pretty decent list, right? Travelers. Yeah, you know, from a anecdotal uh, perspective, MetLife has struggled as of late with, with their personal, personal lines. lines. Um, you know, some agencies uh, sell a lot of MetLife, but the, on the general measure, we don't get a lot of demand for MetLife um, on the platform. And, um, but, you know, some do, some some has that demand. And, and really, I think that there was a big push in the 80s and 90s for these companies to just go buy all these different things like the other books of business. Hartford was notorious of this. I remember walking through Hartford's office where it was a ghost town. We were walking to a, a conference room and they had probably like a thousand seat cubicle area empty. Lights were off. The off the conference room had a, and it's because they sold off a book to someone else, but they had this whole area for servicing the book. And they're like, yeah, it's not really our core. And that's, uh, I, I think that's what's really happening right now where you have companies that have diversified outside of insurance. They've gotten away from their core market. And then they're looking at companies like Geico, like progressive who have this Broadband of diverse uh, study is Progressive or Geico in that list of people buying Mets book. Berkshire Hathaway is, but not. not okay, Geico well, Berkshire Berger. Hathaway is not Geico. I mean, I know, I know yeah. the structure. They are not. There is a Berkshire Hathaway insurance side that is um, like Guard is a, yeah. as a property product. So I, I could see that. It, it surprised me to hear on the MetLife side. Um, but it's interesting because you have one company, State Farm, looking to expand and diversify what they're offering and MetLife who's looking to shrink. I think that it's actually uh, MetLife is trying to shrink uh, – to Or refocus back on what they do best. Focus on what they do best. And which Again, that's actually kind of how State Farm is diversifying by narrowing its focus back to insurance. Yeah. Because they were in banking and they, they, they were trying all these other things. And uh, now, but I think this is good news. Like people, people always, always go, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? And I'm like, I really think that State Farm buying gains go is a good thing because it's showing that the independent insurance agent model works. Then you look at MetLife and you see carriers that are just middling who are probably hurting their agents. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying MetLife is, so don't don't come at me, bro. Um, I'm not saying MetLife does. But 
when you are not focused and you are not passionate about this industry that you are serving, then you probably should get out of it. Um, a, a good, uh, been on the show, uh, Paul Harrison, um, passionate about insurance, yeah. like passionate about it. And, and he instills that in his team. Uh, we had a conversation with, I know they're all local Texas carriers. So, <laughs> but, um, uh, empower, uh, now Linsco, you talk to them and they're passionate about what they're doing. They, they have passion. Yep. Okay. And they are looking to serve. Now we're all self-serving. We're all trying to make a buck and all of that type of stuff. That's a different story. However, that's the passion we need. And when you are just middling in this, you are doing a disservice because you're not working with your agents to expand their book with you. And that was one of the things I've heard about carriers that they were not really looking to help them. And so um, they were always focused on, you know, just the core metrics. What's your PIF count? What's your, uh, what's your, um, you know, your loss ratio, all of that stuff. That's all they cared about. That's all they were asking. I'm not saying this about my life. These are other carriers that have sold out yep. is that they weren't focusing on it and they weren't helping their agencies to grow their business because they didn't want to be in the business. So they sold the book and then you, you, then they get sold to companies, excuse me, like Liberty travelers, Safeco, um, that, that are going, we want to invest in this. Yeah. Interesting. Two different approaches to basically the same thing, trying to refocus on, on what you do best. According to Laird. You know, McKinsey and Gartner and all the, the analysts. Mm-hmm. I, I, a lot of times you can't listen to analysts. I remember, I remember that McKinsey. I mean, he got himself in so much trouble. 2011, I'll remember it to this day. Oh, the independent agent market is dead, and SureTech will take it over. Like the entire room was a like, was gasping. In 2011, like, did we even use the word InsureTech? Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was talking about what is InsureTech and, and disruption. And yes, we were using the word InsureTech. I remember we, that? We've been using the word InsureTech since 1983. We just uh, <laughs> added a few more letters to the end of each word. But um, I remember that McKinsey guy. I, I'll remember him to this day. He had people walking out where he was sitting there talking about the IA market is dead. Oh, wrong. I think Nine anal- years later, <clears throat> still here. I think analysts are a problem because what the what I take from that article, and that's why what was my take on it, is these analysts, yeah, they could go to the in you know, twelve of the fifteen people that were mentioning in this <laughs> it's like okay, no duh. Yeah. <laughs> like who's gonna buy it? Like all of a sudden Laird Co. is, oh, yeah, MetLife sold their personal lines business to Laird Co. Like who's Laird Co.? No, who's going to be able to afford that book of business? It's, you know, you're not going to spin it to a P. You're not going to spin it off publicly. Yeah, it, it, the sales price they're looking for is definitely Correct. not a small. And, and you got you to be able to, to stomach that. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of analysts. I think you need to live in the industry. And I, that's one thing I love about some of the podcasts that we follow and uh, also some of the, the people we follow online is that it's that passion. But also living the industry every single day mm-hmm. is, is very important. So as we found out last week, I really butchered the ending. <laughs> so why don't you handle it today? Well, I just, I just want to point out, I don't think I had to pull out my prod at all. Because you just went on that rant. It was tied. I, I, 
get me. I had a phone call right before we started this uh, podcast that got me fired up. Yeah. So successful. Yes. On today's insurance happy hour. Yes. Thank you for continuing to entertain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dear listeners, what do you think about the news um, of State Farm acquiring Gaines Co. or MetLife looking to sell their personal lines book? Hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can also tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour or find us on LinkedIn. We are there as well. So what do you think about like people that use the word hashtag happy life or, you know, where they just in real life, they say the words hashtag whenever they're not trying to communicate that, Hey, you want to tag us, use this hashtag on, on social media. What do you like? You know, hashtag great selfie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't, I just, it doesn't bother me. Hmm. All right. Well, everybody hashtag subscribe at your favorite hashtag podcast hashtag app. (laughs) Boy, I can't go along with that one. Nope. (laughs) Hashtag nope. (laughs) Hashtag episode. Hashtag over. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have any, uh, Spotzel recipes that you'd like to recommend or your favorite Oktoberfest beer, send them my way. Uh, hashtag it though. <laughs> hashtag it. <laughs> hashtag Becky needs recipes. Is it, is it, how did you sp- say that word? Uh, Spotzel? Is it Spotzel or Spatzel? Uh, I thought it was Spetzel. <laughs> Spetzel? Spetzel, Spetzel. Spotzel, Spatzel. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> All right, Becky, it's been a great episode. And as always, thanks for listening. So that's why I think I feel that Insurance Journal bought State Farm. (laughs) Nope. Try Try again. again. (laughs) Reboot. All right. So, yeah, that's why I think that uh, State Farm is. uh, Who? <laughs> so, yeah. Um State Farm buy Gainco. Gainsco. <laughs> Who did State Farm buy? Oh, no. State Farm. <laughs> it sounded like State Farm bought a belch. <laughs> I mean, like wow. Uh.